What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, we're gonna be running through my start sits at the wide receiver position, going through every single week five matchup, all 16 games, talking about every single fantasy relevant wide receiver. While you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Really does help me out a ton. If you guys have any fantasy questions, it could be start sits, waiver wire trade advice, just drop those down below and I'll be getting back to every single person. And if you guys are interested in signing up for underdog fantasy football, you know, do some pickums, join some best ball leagues, you know, the resurrection going from week six to the rest of the season, uh, you know, do some weekly fantasy. You guys can use code Quinn link in the description. They will double your first deposit up to $100. So you could, you know, put in $10, you'll have 20 in your account hop into, I guess, two best ball leagues. So if you guys are interested in that, link in the description. But let's jump into the first matchup. And I actually added a new category to the start and the sit. I talked about this in the running back video, but I'm also gonna have a fringe category. So this is kind of for the players who I would normally have listed as a start, but they're very iffy, they're on the bubble. I just feel like it makes more sense to have a fringe category where you're looking at some of like those, you know, lesser flex options where you don't want to have a guy like Devontae Adams with the exact same grade as someone who's, you know, barely cracking your lineups. So just a little change there that I feel like helps separate the players a little bit better. But jumping into this uh, Thursday night game, we have the Colts taking on the Broncos. For the Colts, I talked about Michael Pittman as a strong buy low option moving forward. So I definitely like him as a start in this game. For the Broncos, I think we continue to roll with Cortland Sutton as a borderline top 12 wide receiver. And then we fire up Jerry Judy as a solid wide receiver to flex play. Moving over to the uh, London game, we have the Giants taking on the Packers. And this Giants wide receiver room is just a disaster. Hopefully we get to see Wondell Robinson or Kadarius Toney. Um, Wondell Robinson hasn't even gotten an opportunity due to injuries. So he's an interesting rookie option. Kadarius Tony has been healthy for a few games, but just buried on the depth chart. At this point, I feel like they're kind of forced to play both of these players. So I'd like to see them, but I mean, we can't be considering starting any of these guys. On the other side with the Packers, I have both Dobbs and Lazard listed as fringe options. So I think you can put them in your flex. Do you feel insane about it? Probably not. But I do want to circle back on Romeo Dobbs because he actually had a very impressive week four after an impressive week three. He ran routes on 35 of the 37 dropbacks. That is great to see, especially when we consider he had some kind of key blunders in that game. Normally, it's not good if you're making errors, but he had a fumble that he lost, and then he also dropped a bomb touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. And despite those two errors, they didn't pull him after either of those things. Like this could have been a spot where it was a quick trigger. He's done. You're throwing Christian Watson in there. That's not what happened. They stuck with Romeo Dobbs. He had eight receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown last week, five for 47, and a touchdown this week. I think Lazard and Dobbs are the clear-cut wide receiver one and wide receiver two. So this isn't an offense I'm like overly excited about, especially the wide receiver positions, but I think both of these guys could be put in as flex options. So do you love them as like a wide receiver two? Probably not, but I think Romeo Dobbs is going to continue to gain in value. Lazard's probably going to stick around this like fringe area. The next matchup is between the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. For the Steelers, even after a down game, I think you got to continue to fire up Deontay Johnson. George Pickens is someone who is interesting. I do have him listed as a sit, but once we saw a Kenny Pickett take over, he was really hitting up George Pickens. They connected on a few different plays. 
So George Pickens definitely had his best game of the season and is definitely someone to monitor moving forward. If he's on your waiver wire, please go pick him up. He needs to be rostered in like every competitive league, but we still got to stick with Deontay Johnson as the number one. George Pickens is going to be a sit. And at this point, like Claypool is not even fantasy relevant. Moving over to the Bills, I think they have a very interesting wide receiver room this week. You're obviously firing up Stephon Diggs as an elite top tier start. I have both Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie on the fringe. Now for McKenzie, I believe he's dealing with a concussion, so I'm not sure if he's actually going to play, but we saw Jamison Crowder, uh, we heard news that he broke his ankle, so obviously very unfortunate there. But for McKenzie, if he's healthy, this could open up the slot for him. Every single week we're talking about how McKenzie's producing, but him and Crowder are splitting those uh, slot snaps like 50-50. If Crowder's out of the picture, McKenzie could really step up. The other guy I do want to talk about here is Gabriel Davis. He came out, had a really strong week one, 18.8 points, did it on five targets, which was a little bit of a red flag, but you know, had a deep catch, had a touchdown. He had a really strong week one. Heading into the season, I was very, very out on Gabriel Davis. I don't have him on any of my teams. I don't think I have one share of him on best ball. He was a dude that I was just fading at price. I was not going to be spending a mid-tier wide receiver two pick on Gabe Davis. I know on some other platforms, he was going as like a wide receiver three. So you could have gotten him there also. But after that strong week one, I was like, ah, might've been wrong on this one. This offense is going to be crazy good. He's just going to produce. The last two weeks have been pretty concerning here for Gabriel Davis. Not only has he not produced only nine combined points the last two weeks, but he ran 112 routes in those two games, 112 routes, and had nine targets. I mean, that's just not commanding targets, and it kind of just heads back to the concerns I had coming into the season. I thought Gabe Davis was being drafted specifically because of the role he was in. He was being drafted as the Bills wide receiver two. He was not being drafted for the talent of himself as a player. And when we're drafting wide receivers based on situation, we can get into some problems. Like that's why people loved Al Lazard as like a potential top 36 option. Lazard's been solid, but it's like, we don't want to be chasing these specific situations because we need to know that the player is super talented. Aside from that four touchdown game, Gabe Davis hadn't done a ton in his career. So I'm not saying he's done. I still think he can turn it around. It's also possible he's a little hampered from his ankle injury, but definitely a little bit concerning moving forward, especially if you were someone in like a super competitive league spending like a top 20 wide receiver pick on him. So he is on the fringe this week. Next game is between the Chargers and the Browns. For the Chargers, hopefully we get to see Keenan Allen back. We'll see how that shakes out. If he's back, he's a start. Mike Williams, obviously a start. And then I'm listing Josh Palmer as a sit. On the other side with the Browns, I meant to talk about Amari Cooper as a buy low option. Just kind of slipped my mind when I was doing the, uh, the prep for the video. But so far this season, he has had two terrible games and then two elite, like crazy high ceiling games. And so I think he's going to be a startable, probably high-end wide receiver three weekly. But I think he's a really strong trade target for a team that's 4-0, 3-1, a team that doesn't need him to be putting up like super startable numbers consistently. Because what we've seen out of Amari Cooper is that he's been pretty fantasy relevant in a situation that's not exactly ideal. And I really think he could be a league winner if Deshaun Watson returns or when Deshaun Watson returns after his 11-game suspension. So if you have a winning roster where you can kind of just tread water for a while and then have Amari Cooper paired with Deshaun Watson at the end of the season, 
Amari Cooper could be a top 12 guy over that last like uh, five, six games, whatever it is. So someone to look at there. And I do think he's a start this week also. Then we've got the Texans taking on the Jaguars. And in this matchup, we're kind of just going to be starting the two clear cut number ones. So Brandon Cooks is a start. Christian Kirk is a start. Sitting Nico Collins on the Texan side. And then also Jamal Agnew, who's coming off of a pretty big game. In my opinion, I think that's just a pretty fluky performance. We've got a divisional matchup between the Bears and the Vikings. For the Bears, can't trust any of these pass catchers. So sitting Darnell Mooney for the Vikings. Justin Jefferson, obviously an elite high-end wide receiver one. Adam Thielen, I think, is also a strong start. Sitting KJ Osborne. Then we have the Lions taking on the Patriots. If Amon Ross St. Brown is back, I think you're throwing him into your lineup. If he's out, I know Josh Reynolds is coming off of a big game. Maybe in a deeper league, he could be on the fringe, but he's still not someone I want to be over-relying on here uh, heading into week five. And then uh, sitting DJ Chark also. For the Patriots, I have Jacoby Myers on the fringe. He missed their week five game, so we didn't really get to see him play with the new rookie quarterback. That's kind of the concern here. The Patriots aren't going to be putting the ball in his hands a ton. It's probably going to be a pretty run-heavy game script against the Lions. So I think he can volume his way to a startable performance, but he's not someone I'm overly excited about. And then sitting Devonta Parker and Nelson Aguilar. That leads us into the Seahawks-Saints game. For the Seahawks, I mean, we got to love what we've seen the last two weeks from these wide receivers, from Geno Smith, back-to-back 300-yard games, two passing touchdowns in each of those last two performances. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett locked in as starts. On the other side with the Saints, you got to love what you've seen out of Chris Olave. Truly looks like a future star, if not already someone who could be a star this season. If Michael Thomas is back, I think you fire him up. Regardless of what happens with MT, Jarvis Landry is going to be a sit. Then we have the Dolphins taking on the Jets. For the Dolphins, it looks like Tua is not going to be playing this game as he should not be playing. Um, So obviously it's a downgrade for these wide receivers, but like, who are we kidding? You're still firing up these guys. Tyreek Hill is still a wide receiver one. Jalen Waddle is probably still a top 12 guy, if not just outside of that. And then for the Jets, this is a uh, wide receiver room I want to kind of dig a little deeper into. It's time for me to take the L on Elijah Moore. Pretty sure I list him as a start every single week up until this uh, week five start sit. He hasn't done anything. It's brutal because I thought the talent was there. I still do think the talent is there long-term, but he continues to lead the team in routes. So at this point, like uh, four weeks in, he's leading the team in routes. He's not producing. We just got to sit him. Like he can't be started at this point. That's the tough part. We've seen uh, Corey Davis perform well through four weeks. I do have him listed as a sit because we saw Garrett Wilson come in, take his wide receiver two snaps. I've got Garrett Wilson listed as a fringe option here. It's just tough to uh, trust this Jets passing attack fully. You know, we do have a bunch of capable weapons here. Also guys like Brees Hall in the passing game or the receiving game. Tyler Conklin's getting involved. But through four games, I think it's clear the best wide receiver in this offense is Garrett Wilson. So if I was going to be starting one of these guys, I would want it to be Wilson. He did have a down game in week four, but the volume was still decent not someone I'm super concerned on. And now he's also like a full-time player getting starting wide receiver reps where early on he was the number three. Like I said, he jumped Corey Davis here in week four. Now moving over to the Falcons-Buccaneers game, we're still firing up uh, Drake London even after a down game. Man, uh, Arthur Smith is just 
brutal for these fantasy uh, targets. Drake London, a down game. They barely have any dropbacks. Kyle Pitts' usage has just been absurd. We'll get into that tomorrow, but uh, expect a rant on that uh, Kyle Pitts segment. On the other side with the Buccaneers, obviously we're firing up Mike Evans. He's a stud. Chris Godwin was back with an 85% route participation. He had that route participation, and I think he missed at least a few snaps when it looked like he messed up his back. When he went down on that, I was just like, man, this dude cannot catch a break. Luckily, he came back in. He looked good. Honestly, moving forward, he had nine targets in that game. I view him as a top 15 wide receiver rest of season. Now, when I put out my rankings on Thursday, will I have him as a top 15 guy? Probably not for this week, but he's someone that I think will build throughout the season. Remember, he's still semi-new off of that ACL, so he may have a few games where he's not that elite option, but I think he could be a guy where maybe he's a back-end wide receiver too for the next five weeks, and then the rest of the season he's putting up like top 12, top 15 numbers. I feel like that's what we're going to be seeing out of Chris Godwin. It's been tough to, uh, no pun intended, or I guess no correlation, it's been tough to gauge these other wide receivers Russell Gage, and Julio Jones. The way that I'm kind of reading this is that they want Julio to be the number three. He just can't stay on the field. His knee was bothering him, so they kind of just pulled him. He barely played any snaps, only had 17 routes. And then we've got Russell Gage, who just hasn't, he had that one solid game in week three, but it was kind of out of necessity. I just can't see Gage carving out a starting role if both Evans and Godwin are involved. So for this week, we're rolling with Evans, rolling with Chris Godwin, I think kind of like the X factor here would be Julio Jones, but like at this point, you can never start Julio until he can prove he can give you probably at least two back-to-back games of solid production and solid ability to just stay on the field. Now we have the Titans taking on the Commanders. For the Titans, I do have Robert Woods listed as a sit. I could see some people wanting him as a start. Solid performances in back-to-back weeks, 12.5, then 13 PPR points. Overall, the volume just hasn't been here. Five targets per game. It's limited touchdown upside on this Titans passing attack. You know, just not a lot to like here with Robert Woods. I feel like he's got a pretty low floor, doesn't have much of a ceiling, so he is going to be a sit. For the Commanders, unfortunately, it looks like Jahan Dotson is going to be missing one to two weeks. I would have had both Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin locked in as starts anyway, but I guess the Dotson news just kind of locks it in even more. I still probably do prefer Samuel over Terry rest of season, but both of those guys are probably going to be pretty close together. Then we have the 49ers taking on the Panthers. For the 49ers, we're obviously throwing Debo Samuel into our lineups. For Brandon Ayuk, he's always kind of been this fringe option. We can't be putting him here anymore. He's got to be a sit. Just not involved enough. Debo's the guy. This is a team that's not going to be winning by putting up a ton of points. They're going to be winning through their defense and just kind of hanging around on offense. And if like IU can't get involved in a game where Kittle's just playing the sixth offensive lineman, like he's just not someone we can actually trust in our lineup. And then for the Panthers, DJ Moore, I have him here as a fringe. And just going through the players I've been talking about, he is a fringe on the graphic. He is making a strong case to just be a sit. And if you told me heading into week four, he had 11 targets, I'd be like, all right, he must have turned that around. Only turned it into 12.1 points. And the sucky thing here is that it's just not his fault. Like we've seen clips, I'm sure everyone's seen it. Baker's missing them badly. Through four games, Baker Mayfield is averaging 187 passing yards per game. Brutal. Four total passing touchdowns on the season. So there's just no offense to go around. 
And so I do have more listed as a sit, but he is like on the fringe of the fringe. I would hope you have a better option than DJ Moore at this point. But if you're in a deeper league, super competitive league, like you may have to just be stuck with DJ Moore in your lineup, especially if there's like a ton of different flexes. Moving over to the Eagles-Cardinals matchup. For the Eagles, you continue to fire up A.J. Brown as a mid to high-end wide receiver one. I also think you can fire up Devonta Smith as a borderline top 24 guy. For the Cardinals, continue to fire up Marquise Brown. Last week, I listed Greg Dorch as a start. That is my bad. That is on me. He totally busted. We basically saw Rondell Moore just come in and take Greg Dorch's entire role, which was a little bit surprising to me because we saw Greg Dorch produce very well for three straight weeks. Then we see Rondell Moore go in, take his opportunities, and Rondell Moore does nothing. So I guess they just think Moore is going to be the high ceiling player moving forward. I mean, maybe they give Dorch more opportunities, but at this point, we can't be considering starting Rondell Moore or Greg Dorch uh, here in week five. Next matchup is between the Cowboys and the Rams. For the Cowboys, continue to fire up C.D. Lamb as a very strong play. And then we're sitting Michael Gallup, sitting Noah Brown. I like Michael Gallup long-term, not someone I want to be plugging into my lineup uh, within like these next few weeks. For the Rams, Cooper Cup, obviously a start, high-end wide receiver one. And then with everyone watching this Monday Night Football game, I feel like this was kind of like the fantasy funeral for Allen Robinson, just not getting it done. The fact that you have Higby out here commanding an insane target share on an offense with Allen Robinson, it's just not happening. And you can't even make any argument like, oh, he's getting all this extra pressure. You know, they're paying so much attention to Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup is still commanding like 17 targets uh, against the 49ers. I think he's droppable at this point. If there's someone decent on waivers, I'd be totally down with you dropping Allen Robinson. He's not someone I was high on coming into the season, but I wasn't expecting this sort of like, you know, total fall apart where he's not even rosterable. Like I don't have him on any teams, but I, even I wasn't expecting this. And I was probably the lowest person you'd find on Allen Robinson. So unfortunate there. We've got the Bengals taking on the Ravens on Sunday night football for the Bengals, Jamar Chase, T Higgins. That gap gets closer and closer every week between those two dudes. They're both stud uh, top 12 wide receivers in your lineup, probably both top 10. Sitting Tyler Boyd, just not someone I trust to have consistency as the wide receiver three. For the Ravens, we've kind of got a weird situation here. So Rashad Bateman played the first half in week four, didn't do anything crazy, but then he uh, does not play in the second half. I don't think he played a single snap, leaves the game in a walking boot. He has a mid-foot injury. At the time I'm recording this, we don't know what's up here. If he's playing and healthy, I think he's a start. If he's playing, I think Duvernay's a sit. I think Demarcus Robinson is a sit. If Rashad Bateman is out, I think that elevates Duvernay to a fringe option and then still sitting Demarcus Robinson. And then the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, Raiders taking on the Chiefs. For the Raiders, you're obviously firing up Devontae as a high-end wide receiver one, sitting Hunter Renfro, who has missed the last two games with a concussion. And then Matt Collins is also a sit. And then for the Chiefs, I have Juju sitting on the fringe here. Juju's kind of an interesting case here because he has seen solid volume, eight targets in three of the four games. He just hasn't gotten into the end zone. So right now, he's just kind of slotting in as a floor play, probably a back-end wide receiver three. He's someone you can toss into your flex, but you can't be overly excited about him on a week-to-week basis. He's obviously going to get a few touchdowns here and there, but it doesn't seem like he has many, like, eight for 120 games in his uh, range of outcomes here. 
just kind of a volume floor play at this point in the season. But that is going to wrap it up for my week five wide receiver start sits. Any questions, drop those down below. Want to sign up for underdog, code Quinn, uh, link in the description. Um, let me know what you guys think about this video. Did I mess up some starts? Did I mess up some sits? Let me hear it. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.